0: Jack Holloway found himself squinting, the orange sun full in his eyes. He raised a hand to push his hat forward, then lowered it to the controls to alter the pulse rate of the contragravity field generators and lift the manipulator another hundred feet. For a moment he sat, puffing on the short pipe that had yellowed the corners of his white mustache, and looked down at the red rag tied to a bush against the rock face of the gorge five hundred yards away. He was smiling in anticipation. This'll be a good one, he told himself aloud, in the manner of men who have long been their own and only company. I want to see this one go up. He always did. He could remember at least a thousand blast shots he had fired back along the years on more planets that he could name at the moment, including a few thermonuclears. But they were all different, and they were always something to watch, even a little one like this. Flipping the switch, his thumb found the discharger button and sent out a radio impulse. The red flag vanished in an upsurge of smoke and dust that mounted out of the gorge and turned to copper when the sunlight touched it. The big manipulator, weightless on contragravity, rocked gently.
1: This is Dark and Stormy Nights the podcast where we read the first page, and only the first page, of every novel ever written. I'm your host, Ben Blackberg.
0: And I'm your other host,
1: Vin Lebate. And tonight, our book is Little Fuzzy, by H. Beam Piper, first published in 1962. And our guest is Peter Rogers. Hello. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you, sirs. Good to be here. Uh, So, uh, I think our first question has to be... uh, H- has anyone read this book or any of the various <laughs> sequels by other authors uh, that have come out?
2: I have not. I have not either. This is all new to me. <laughs> and I, 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 I asked that question because I know that um,
1: a little fuzzy sequel was one of John Scalzi's uh, first books, or oh, wow. one of his books. I, d- I don't know. Uh, so, like, it may have come up uh, that way, uh, being mm. kept alive.
0: Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, I. I first heard about this listening to a podcast about Dark Souls games, uh, because apparently it's referenced in Remnant from the Ashes, which is like tangentially related to that series. Hmm. And so I was like, oh, that seems like a thing I could throw on the list. Uh, so shout out to Bonfireside Chat, an excellent podcast. I was, I found it neat to learn that it
2: was in published in 62 um, because the cover, which the listeners of course can't see has like a font that looks like it belongs in the Harry Potter covers, like some of the the original covers of those. And then the text itself feels totally like golden age of sci-fi to me. Um, And there was that tension there of like, which is it? Is it a book from back then with a new cover or is it somebody writing in this style as hard as they can? (laughs) To evoke that, that, that period.
0: Yeah, this is definitely a, a newer cover. One of the better, like, uh, we, we have a, uh, a sort of recurring, uh, theme on this show, which is that a lot of newer covers of older books are bad, <laughs> not to be like blanket judgmental, but, uh, some of them <laughs> pretty. this one is not bad. This is a pretty decent cover. Although mm. I do have to direct y'all to the 1962, I think cover the one you can see on Wikipedia. Uh, because it is something else. Oh, now I have to go look that up. <laughs>
2: yeah, it, it,
1: it is very funny to see how the covers change over time for some of these things.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, what am I looking at there? Yeah. So uh, this cover, in addition <laughs> to having like a very 70s font. Oh, yeah. Features the titular fuzzy, which is sort of like like a sort of humanoid small monkey. Like if you had like a macaque, but it was more human shaped and like woolier and it's being pat on the head by a human hand and also clutching in both hands a very large scalpel and sort of leaning over a lobster. It's a really impressive cover (laughs) in terms of getting me to go, what the fuck is that? Okay, I guess I have to read this now, if only to see how this,
2: it's like record scratch. I bet you wonder how I got into this mm-hmm. situation.
0: Like, oh, you could put this on like a horror movie and it would like, this seems like it could be on the same shelf as like Chuds. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: yeah I have a, uh, I think, also a, a cover here, which is a, a lot more, I don't know, uh, what you'd expect from, say, a, maybe a 1980s or 70s. Uh, oh wow yeah it's like a guy surrounded by a bunch of these little fuzzies several of whom seem to be holding knives still but still scalpels yeah but 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 not 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 hostile about it yet yeah they all seem to be
2: getting along supportive knives a a nice all caps outline font that looks like it could be from a cop show or something Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh it's like like a
0: Heinlein font actually oh cool it wouldn't surprise me if that was like the same trade dress Mm. same publisher is like some Heinlein stuff.
1: I do like the idea though, of
0: like this
1: guy and his, (laughs) his fuzzy sapience fighting crime and the Mm, fuzzy uh, squad. (laughs) Like, like he, he, he's an astronaut or or like, or for Jack Holloway, like he's a guy who loves explosives. They're, they're a species of woolly, uh, scalpel wielding (laughs) monkeys together. They fight crime.
2: They're little fuzz. Oh,
0: there we go okay i mean that is kind of the detective <laughs> pikachu model <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: okay well so mm. let's uh let's jump into the text uh, since we have tangentially referred to it Hooray. so uh, jack holloway found himself squinting the orange sun full in his eyes uh so this first chapter throws us uh into the company of one jack holloway which is mm. like very much a perfect name for uh, this time period. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like, like Peter, when you were, when you were saying, like, I wonder, like, is this a, a modern book uh, just being written hard as a like golden age? <laughs> yeah. But like, I I could work for a hundred years and never come up with Jack Holloway. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just it's just so good. But like from the protagonist files. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, like, w- what do you get from? I don't know. So we have an orange sun, so we know he's not on our planet, which is like that nice little introduction to the weirdness or the extra. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Extra mundane. Uh,
0: I mean, I, I guess we get that. But like, there's plenty of orange suns on Earth if your timing is right. Yeah, I think it's 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 a little amb-
2: ambiguous at that point, And then the, the further details <laughs> recontextualize it. And you're like, oh, oh, not like sunset orange. It's like, mm. oh, this is a whole different point in the main cycle right now <laughs> for whatever sun they're around. Yeah. But like,
1: he's definitely, definitely there's some, some game here about like, like the fact that w- we get his hat, but no description of it. Like
0: mm.
1: that kind of, I mean, without any description of his hat, like I'm picturing kind of uh, like an old
2: timey prospector. Uh, yeah. That's what I was noticing too, is like, it, it feels like the game here is hitting that that trope, mm-hmm. that stock character as hard as they can yeah. while putting it in the space setting oh, like so yeah. you're immediately
0: like. Specifically, the third line, uh, the one that says for a moment, he sat puffing on his short pipe that had yellowed the corners of his white mustache just instantly gave me the full portrait of what we were talking about. Hmm. Like, oh, we're we're talking about a, like a prospector type. Because like Uh the combination of must white mustache and pipe and yellowing really puts all of that into one sentence without saying it outright.
2: Mm -hmm. And even that opening line of just squinting into the sun Mm -hmm. gives you a sort of flash of a hero shot from a movie or something like, Oh, right. (laughs) This is a manly man that we are going to be following through this story where he does hero things. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. feels like the promise of that image.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely something where like, like, Uh, He has not been through uh, astronaut school where they they teach you not to look at the sun. Uh, (laughs) Like, I feel like that's, but it definitely, like, there's that game of, like, contra-gravity field generators, and yet he's still using, like, a red rag to mark, like, where the the blast is going to go. Some of them are thermonuclear, you know, just, like,
2: offhand. Yeah, it's Uh, like, no, no, these are space explosions, not just normal mining explosions. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, oh gosh, what is the, what is the,
1: uh, uh, prospector film that features an old prospector who dances on his hat? Uh, oh wow.
0: I can picture like 12 different cartoon parodies of that. <laughs> of
1: it. Uh, anyway, something, but definitely like, I've, I, I just have that feeling so strongly from this, um, mm-hmm.
0: yeah.
2: that I was actually like really confused coming from the cover. Mm. Uh, oh, yeah. I love the tension there of all of these covers, except maybe a little of the 80s one, which actually depicts Jack Holloway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the mo- the modern cover is just a f- a slightly anime looking version of the fuzzy filling up the in- almost the whole frame. And so you have an immediate tension between how do we get from little fuzzy creature with wide knowing eyes to old timey space proc?
0: prospector (laughs) yeah and then the 60s one i'm like how does this guy even get a lobster (laughs) where did the lobster come from yeah um but the thing actually uh going back to sort of the 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 tone of it that's the thing that really impresses me about this page is like over the course of science fiction we've seen a lot of space miners mining operations asteroid detonation but this is like At least fairly unusual in like really giving you a feel for this guy as a hands on like mining engineer or whatever he happens to be, as opposed to like Hmm. a guy who operates space devices and then like a machine fills another machine with rocks. Yeah, it has
2: that sort of like research detail or something Yeah, like a
0: sense that. This is how it actually works step by step by step.
2: It's mm.
0: mm. like we're not seeing him through like a spacesuit or anything. Oh, like, yeah. We're yeah, seeing yeah. him like a man doing work as opposed to like a tiny shape floating against a thing. Mm. Hmm.
1: Well, that goes that, that That kind of recontextualizes the uh, like the opening for me. Just thinking about this as like this is a guy who does work and it's with machines, but like not mediated by machines in the way that like a lot of uh automated uh work gets done you know mm-hmm. kind of like it's like oh we have one man operating this mine and it's like one guy surrounded by monitors right yeah <laughs> you know but like which, this which this is guy, how
2: mining works more and more these days <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: uh you know it's like like if you were to write this today it would be like
2: this guy operating a bunch of drones right yeah uh <laughs> Yeah, right now, um, Arby's employs more people than the entire coal mining industry in the United States. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's just it's that automation thing again. Mm. Drones, r- drones managing drones managing drones. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's that's the mining, not the Arby's. Uh, <laughs> uh, someday, someday. Yeah. Um, but like, there's something about him smoking his pipe. Yeah, and like squinting. Like it's all very uh, I- embodied. Yeah, very like, physical. Hmm.
2: Yeah. And, and full of like, it's like the deal with, um, the apple in the first scene of Battlestar Galactica, the reboot where there's it's space, but there are these little tangible details from our modern world that immediately get you really connected to, Mm -hmm. to what's going on. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, that's like, that's like, um, uh, (laughs) um, uh, I have been listening to a podcast, which I will not name since, uh, I think uh vin is getting tired of cutting out whenever i I name it Uh, you think i cut (laughs) things out Uh, of his show (laughs) keep it um, in double it (laughs) but uh um there's something about that moment in uh star wars a new hope when uh han turns on the millennium falcon and it kind of like sputters and he has to like hit it Mm, yeah like like there's that moment where you're like oh this is this is different from like the the 1950s (laughs) you know, idea of space as this place (laughs) where like everything is smooth and clean. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh, But here we're in, in 1960s and like, we're already there. Yeah. And that like, actually is kind of a good parallel to like the way that we see Luke on the moisture farm where like moisture farming is never explained. Like even his like basic jobs are never explained. We just see him like walking around a farm like space and occasionally banging on machines And we get the point, like we know what his life is like yeah, and like what the context of his life is just from a few shots. And I think this Mm -hmm. sort of does the same kind of work. (laughs) I wonder, I mean, so, so from, from
1: what we get of this person, Mm -hmm. so like Mm -hmm. we've said, like, you know, uh, it's always funny to see like what a first page has. And like here, uh, I I don't know that I have like a great sense of Jack Holloway as a character uh, so much as like a character type. Right yeah now. like he's yeah. he's the lonely old prospector right like he's talking <laughs> to himself he's he loves
2: explosions yeah uh, and it's the sort of thing they could develop further with unexpected nuance and detail or it could just barrel right ahead with yeah this is the guy you know who he is yeah. let's get to the story mm-hmm.
1: well i i mean i have coming from the cover like combining this with the cover with like little little fuzzies right like <laughs> uh i have to imagine like there will be some nuance where he, uh, I don't know, uh, engages with the little fuzzies as people, mm-hmm. uh, mm. not as meat, I guess, yes. which is mm. like kind of where, where I would expect the, the caricature of the, the prospector to go.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah. Very much the, like the Looney Tunes of like, uh, you know, you're cold <laughs> and hungry and you're, uh, the person in the cabin starts looking like a fully dressed turkey, mm-hmm. a floating uh,
2: turkey. <laughs> yeah.
1: What are you looking at? um, <laughs> But yeah, like, I I'd have, I'd have, I don't know, like, what, what do you think
2: the rest of this book is? Well, I think there's like a promising tension between, like, if I were given the, the spec of write a story about this little um, intelligent looking fuzzy creature on the on the front cover. <laughs> I mean, one way you can go with it is who is the guy, the character that you least expect to be in the room with this one? And like old timey prospector is. You know, if somebody threw that one at me, it's like, yes, just the distance between these two character types mm-hmm. makes me think that there is a potential for story there. Um, I don't know if that's a guess about what where the story is going, though, as so much as something to draw on.
0: Yeah, I've I've glanced a little bit at synopses, so they may uh, color my read. But I do think I sort of get this from like particularly the comparison of the, the page and the cover um, is like. He's doing a mining operation on a planet, and there are some little creatures on the planet. So there's going to be some tension as to like whether those creatures should have rights.
1: Hmm. Yeah, yeah.
0: Did sorry, this is uh, just what
1: you were thinking. What, what, what you were uh, sorry yeah, talking about, Peter? About like uh, the person you'd least expect uh, just reminded me of this story. Uh, have either of you read uh, Clifford Simak?
2: No. No, I'm afraid
1: not. Uh, I don't want to get anything too wrong, so I'll just make this up. Mm -hmm. I want to say he was like, he was like a Midwest, uh, writer. Uh, he's, well, he's written a bunch of things, but uh, a lot of his stuff is kind of just like, uh, I want to say like common people in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, and he has this one story called the big front yard where just this, like this Yankee, actually, I, I think he's a Yankee. I don't know. He's, he's just this like tinkerer, like living in a house who discovers that, uh, his front door leads to an alien world. And it's, it's very much in the sense of like, like who would you least expect to make first contact? And it's like a guy who just wants to like make a good bargain. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I wonder if that's, if that's the, the game of the novel, uh, slash like how, how far you can stretch out like, uh, unlikely civil rights hero.
0: Oh uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Prospector.
0: Um, And if it, if it colors your interpretation, any, the name of the planet they're on is Zarathustra.
2: (laughs) I suspect Ben will know more about this than I do. Well, I mean, so... uh, I only have the 2001 music reference for that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, Zarathustra
1: being the, what, Greek name for Zoroaster.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, kind of, uh, what, like the invention of... Not the invention, but uh, one of the codifications of good versus evil, Right. Oh, okay, mm. Zoroastrianism, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe something with uh, Nietzsche, right? But gosh, it's been it's been too long for that. Mm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You got anything else about
0: Zarathustra? <laughs> uh, no, I think you also know more about Zarathustra than me. <laughs> uh, in probably both uh, the religious and the Nietzschean sense. Yeah. <laughs> huh. So
1: does 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 this first page uh, interest interest you all? Yeah, like Like, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to fully dig into uh, like uh, like Hmm. uh, (laughs) y'all prospector uh, speak.
0: It's like it sort of has a bit of a rough start. Like, I feel like particularly that second sentence is pretty clunky where he's dealing Mm -hmm. with his hat and then the controls of the contra gravity fuel generators. Uh, (laughs) But I think he recovers pretty well. And like, I think the characterization is pretty strong, even if it's broad. Like, again, uh, like Pete said, like a broad characterization isn't necessarily bad if you're trying to move your story along, mm. and like particularly when you get towards the end, when it gets to like the red flag vanished in an upsurge of smoke and dust, the mountain out of the gorge and turned to copper when the sunlight touched it. That is for me like just the right amount of poetry to add to a page like this, mm. and like a character like this to make me think that the writing in here is going to be pretty solid.
2: Yeah, I was I was saying it through those I think that all makes sense to me of like the the prose itself getting clunky and like the sentence you mentioned just adding clause after clause after clause mm. and making you feel a little lost halfway in. But yeah, the touches of poetry, I was I'm intrigued to see how how that sort of register plays in this early 60s sci-fi genre which I mean a lot of great works from the from the time don't really linger in sensory, you know, notes of poetic lyrical detail about what's going on in a sensory way. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I find myself like drawn to that aspect of it. Um, and I feel like I'm in good hands of they've nailed down a, a, I'm not wondering who Jack Holloway is Mm -hmm. almost instantly from hearing the name Jack Holloway. There's already a strong (laughs) picture there. Um, and then, but yeah, I think I, I I do find myself wondering like, is this going to fall into so many pitfalls of early sixties, late fifties sci-fi? Will there be people delivering walls of exposition to each other that they both know? Will it have problematic and cringy sort of things that made <laughs> sense at the time? Um, and so that's kind of, I think that's where my head is at at the, at the end of page one here. Yeah, it will, will be fun to be like. Like Jack Holloway learns to
1: treat uh, l- little fuzzies as people and mm-hmm. like champions their 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 rights and like <laughs> like maybe doesn't realize that uh, like uh, some woman scientist is also a human being yeah. uh, or something <laughs> yeah. like there's there's a definite chance of that
2: uh, but, yeah or or yeah. the whole thing about like about like depicting the other as small and weak mm. <laughs> and it's like. <laughs> yeah. Well intentioned,
1: but I'm cringing. <laughs> yeah, that's like well, like it's important that we take uh, these 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 little sentient creatures seriously because they're cute. Uh,
2: like that's- <laughs> yeah, there, there's it's it's like uh, there are a lot of a, a lot of ways it could go go cringy. I keep using that word, but a, a lot of ways where it's like if you haven't really thought through the moral, moral, mm. the moral. Mm -hmm. like consequences of what you're saying or if you haven't really dug into it it could it could be kind of awkward yeah um
0: actually kind of makes me wonder if uh that one futurama episode about the poplars is based on this where they're they're on that planet and they find these like cute little things that are also super delicious and they just start eating all of them and then like eventually have to contend with the the possibility that they are in fact like an alien species that should be recognized.
2: <laughs> uh, I've only seen a little Futurama, but like the writers' room of of that show was so well versed in sci-fi that you got to figure they'd at least have bumped up against this. Yeah, hmm. yeah. I'm sorry,
1: going back. I'm uh, I think a little less positive again, as as often happens. Mm. Uh, I came in here thinking like like what is this? Yeah, what's going <laughs> on? Uh, and then after talking about it, or you know hearing it talked about, thinking like, oh, you know, like there's a, there's a lot of skill, uh, skilled work going on here and some, some promise of things, uh, things to happen, Mm -hmm. you know, again, maybe, maybe, maybe I come with the bias of someone, (laughs) uh, interested, uh, in writing short stories that every time we turn to a novel, I'm like, it just takes so long to get going, (laughs) uh, uh, and also goes on for so long,
2: um, (laughs) You explained but, your idea in like the first ten pages. Why? Why are there, <laughs> there two hundred more? Yeah, it's like I get it. Like, you
1: know, you're a prospector. You 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 befriend monkeys. Like, <laughs> are you going to solve crimes? No. <laughs> then, <laughs> like I've, I've already I've already greenlit your pitch for the movie. Just like,
0: uh, yeah. Actually, apparently, according to Wikipedia, this does kind of hinge on a crime. Yes. Okay. All in. <laughs> it's not a mystery so much as a. Um, (laughs) so much as a like philosophical conundrum about sapience. Oh, okay. But apparently there is like a, an ongoing trial as an aspect of this. That's, that's so cool. That's, that's not
2: where I would have expect. I would not have expected this to go in such a philosophical direction from, from that first page.
1: Yeah. I know I've read some Piper and I just can't remember what I've read or what I thought about it. Mm Um, (laughs) Like, I, I know he has this whole series of, uh, I can't remember what he calls it. Like the, it's a, like, it, it, it's a paratime agency. Yeah.
0: It's like paratime is what Wikipedia tells me as well.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Are they an agency or are they, are, are they an organization? What are they called? Uh, paratime patrol? Like mm. that, that, that could be like the 1940s version maybe, but like, I don't know. So I, I definitely feel like he is someone who thinks about how things are and how they could be, mm-hmm. I guess in that way. But uh yeah. This is this is one of those things where I'm just going to trail off and I don't have anything to say.
0: <laughs> he has also written a novel called uh, Space Viking. Uh I don't know if you've read that one. Right? <laughs> well, I, I just
2: oh. oh, go ahead. No, no, I no. Oh, I was just going to add like all of these little touches where they take the the third person into limited third person. It's not quite I don't know. I wonder if the whole the whole novel is completely in Jack's head or just has these touches in the prose Mm. where, like, of course, the the dust turns to the color of copper because that's what the prospector is going to use to categorize colors. Mm -hmm. Um, But like this little thing of like having set off all these blast shots, but they were all different and there were always something to watch. Even a little one like this, that's just feels like it goes into how the prospector would tell you about it. Mm -hmm. And I just wonder how you, how Piper manages that dial through the rest of this. And I find myself wondering as I don't know nearly as much about the history of science fiction as I would like, but like historically are there times when the, when you feel like the genre has, has had more novels that, that like
0: wrestle with these thorny philosophical questions. Um, Yeah. Like Heinlein, is the one that pops to mind specifically because of mm-hmm. that cover before, which like looks like it was maybe the same oh, yeah. trade dress or artist. Um, Heinlein spends a lot of time delving into like philosophy, uh, political philosophy, social philosophy, mm. um, and like there's even like people will talk about social science fiction,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is like science fiction that talks about social structures and like speculative social structures. Like uh, Ursula K. Le Guin does a lot of that. Mm. I'm not sure where this falls on the timeline because I'm bad at remembering what's published when mm. this may maybe a fairly early example of that kind of like science fiction that focuses on like sapience and political philosophy. 62.
1: Mm. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I was going to say you, you, you could say that the, the genre is, uh, uh, founded in, uh, philosophical speculation. I
0: mean, that's very, like,
2: like,
1: like like pre Frankenstein, you get a lot of like journeys to other planets where Mm. things are done differently. And I mean, there, there's always been that thread of like, like on this planet, they all live in common Mm. and like, (laughs) this is how they live. And like, this, like, this is what it's like to have a different social structure. And on this planet, they're bat people. Yeah. And like, (laughs) Like, it's like, okay, one of those is like a philosophical flight of fancy, like a nice uh, thought experiment. Uh, and one of those is just uh, for fun. Yeah, kind of.
2: Um, <laughs> and then there are just the ones that are just raging satires against whatever right. class, what, whichever people among the English
0: Jonathan Swift hated the most. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I mean, in terms of like this generation of hard science fiction, hmm. this might be sort of. Like, I guess, on the swing back towards social science fiction.
2: Interesting. And I suppose by the late 60s, you've got, like, the initial Star Trek mm. series hiring all the sci-fi writers to do mm. um, their own social commentaries. Yeah. But, I mean, also, even before then, you have, uh,
1: like, the Twilight Zone, right? Yeah. Or for other, other TV, mm. which is also, yeah. like, another voracious, uh, a voracious engine of consumption of mostly short fiction like i don't know it's always funny to see like oh i love that episode and then you like re like re- recheck the credits and it's like oh it was from a, a short story by
2: uh, harlan ellison or that's uh, uh, a little early but um yeah i was but, about to say harlan ellison who is totally happy with how they adapted it yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a very uh, proto alan moore figure
0: uh in a way uh yeah this is probably largely post Heinlein, so this might be more in the the apex of social science fiction than cool. the beginning yeah but i do definitely th- i do think you get a little
1: more like like in like like the 1930s like black mask is just doing noir mm. and there's definitely uh yeah, as we've talked about else, else when on the show <laughs> um like there's definitely uh social commentary in noir yep <laughs> i just remember that but, yeah. <laughs> but um like uh but i don't know if like in general if you just flipped open uh, any copy of Black Mask versus any copy of uh, Amazing uh, or Amazing Stories. Like, which one would have more philosophical weight? Mm. And, like, I kind of have to imagine that it would be the science fiction one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Then, of course, also there's a the question of, like, <laughs> if, we would, if we would like that philosophy. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, uh, just from a, a little bit on H.B. and Piper is that he was a he seems to have been a committed libertarian <laughs> mm. which uh may have uh had a hand in his suicide yeah oh wow so like <laughs> not someone to take who 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 would take uh uh philosophy lightly let's mm. say mm. <laughs> but that is unconfirmed let's mm. say but definitely i am i am now curious to read more of him if maybe not this book mm. uh if only also because there's a few others in the series and i don't want to get caught reading another series well
2: now you're committed yeah. to you've read one page now you're in for five volumes yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you, you you laugh but i just did read a quartet <laughs> oh, <laughs> on, no. on that one page uh wait which quartet was that oh it was the planet of adventure by jack vance
0: oh you went all the way through that
1: yep yeah yeah um like them yeah uh but uh i don't I don't think that I needed to read all four <laughs> uh, i think I think one thing about like adventure serial uh like even 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 if you're writing kind of like uh parody adventure serial uh mm. you're you're still at some point going to repeat a lot of things, yeah oh uh, yes, yeah. like why am I reading another another time where he's you know getting caught by aliens and then escaping,
2: yeah, anyway, I suppose too it can be. It can be easy in that genre to make, well, kind of intrinsic to the design of a lot of serials is just this happened and then this happened and then this happened. Uh-huh. And it's harder to pay off and set up yeah. character change and character arcs.
1: Mm. And- well, like uh, my my four year old has developed enough now that he wants to tell me stories and he keeps <laughs> he keeps saying like, well, like and then the car, you know, went to the moon, uh, and, then, right. and then and he keeps saying, like, and then this happened, and then this happened, and I'd, I, I, like, he's only four, so I don't want to, like, <laughs> like, I don't want to
0: death. I don't him But we him need hard, more development but, here.
1: <laughs> yeah, just like, <laughs> come on! Le- less, and then, more, and because of that. Mm-hmm. Like, more, like, you know, gotta think about those linking connections,
2: but... Yeah, I will say, as an improv director, it has largely ruined watching children at play. <laughs> just... <laughs> You're just like I like what you're bringing here to this, but we need to agree on some basic story world building that's going on here. Yeah, yeah. it's like nope, no, nope, not saying any of that. Just yeah, yeah. keep all that in.
1: No, I do, I do, I, I have the same thought when when kids say like no, I'm like okay, like like first of all, like <laughs> like I respect your. It's very much like like meeting a, uh, an alien sapien species.
2: Mm-hmm. Like, I respect
1: your difference, but. <laughs> This is the way to, like, yeah. create an improv narrative. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, are you... Sorry, this is random, but are, are, are there of you reading anything uh, in science fiction that you particularly like? Hmm. Uh, and bonus points if it is a, uh, uh, a pastiche or a take on an earlier style of writing.
0: I'm, uh, as probably has come up on the show a few times, not reading much these days... Uh, Due to brain function. (laughs) But, uh, I'm trying to remember what the last, like, real sci-fi that I got into was, it might be, and I think I've mentioned this before, Werner Vinge. Oh, yeah. Who writes some really, like, very speculative Mm. and, like... Rainbow's End, was that one of his? Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, that that was trippy. Yeah, like, very (laughs) trippy, uh, but also, like, social-oriented sci-fi. Did, did, did you finish,
1: uh, rainbow's end and think like, why aren't we doing this? Like, um, like, like... yeah.
2: Oh, uh, uh, that was directed at Vincent. No, that's um, not the um, one I'm, I read. Tra- so. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah, I was, I think I was just sifting through like how much of this is on the cusp of happening <laughs> and how much of it will just be a flying car. <laughs> um, you know, like it it opens with someone being treated successfully for Alzheimer's mm-hmm. and his consciousness kind of gradually coming back together. And I'm like, that isn't impossible, <laughs> but ooh, that's that's a tall order for for medical neuroscience to get to yeah. yeah. And there are other things like, um, say dumping a book in basically a wood chipper, blowing all the pieces past high speed cameras and reconstructing the book out of that, where I'm like, that might not be the way we end up doing it, but that, okay. Okay. (laughs) I see how all the pieces come together for that.
1: Mm. That that, that was, that was a little bit of a, like, I understand like, this is, uh, uh, how you have to arrange it so that you can have people try to stop the digitization of the library. Yeah. Uh, yeah. uh, But yeah, no, that that that's a book where I'm just like like if we can just hold on and like hold, <laughs> hold back climate change for like yeah. 50
2: years like maybe you know maybe we we can get there. Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. man. Yeah. Um yeah, I think that's going to co- color all my reading of like f- near future or far future science fiction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like well, if we're alive, um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe.
0: <laughs> yeah. Not super relevant, but uh that cover that i was like that looks like a Heinlein cover is in fact by uh michael whalen who did a bunch sure. of uh Heinlein covers and a bunch of other covers and is oh, cool. like a legend of book covers and i have not been reading
2: science fiction lately i did read a lovely noir novel called uh, velvet was the night hmm. about um the student protest movement in 1970 in mexico city oh wow marino where- Garcia. There's like a massive government crackdown and no one can trust anyone. And it's terrifying. <laughs>
1: uh, uh, wait, that's a, that's Sylvia Moreno Garcia, right? That's right. Yeah. Yes. Did, have you read, I I've, I've enjoyed everything I've read from her.
2: Uh, oh, cool. This yeah. is the first one I've read from her. So yeah. An exciting introduction. Yeah. Um,
1: actually I just finished yesterday the last book in becky Chambers' wayfarer series mm. the galaxy and the ground within mm. uh, i don't know if if y'all
2: have read her series or i have not uh, i'm uh, tragically poorly read
1: uh it is it's uh, uh i i un, uh, unequivocally recommend the first book which mm. is about a multi-species uh spaceship just hopping around from different planets mm. like very episodic And just very nice. It's like if if uh, if the Great British Bake Off was a a novel about alien species, uh, some of whom uh, really enjoy sex uh, and some of whom don't, um, but who all get along like, I don't know, there's just something so uh, I want to say decent (laughs) about and like hopeful, like it it comes up in like when people talk about like hope punk Mm -hmm. and how that Mm -hmm. is kind of a meaningless term uh um uh her, her books are like some of the the few that uh kind of come up and say like oh yes like this this is very hopeful science fiction mm-hmm. uh i will say it does it does uh feature an uninhabitable earth
0: but besides that yeah <laughs> at this point that's just realism <laughs> yeah uh
2: i'm forwarding the last sci-fi thing that i read to the chat um boom it is lena by qntm yes which was terrifying, which is essentially a fake future Wikipedia article about the first researcher who downloads his brain to a silicone substrate. Oh, wow. And how just unimaginably awful things happen from there. See, <laughs> you know, that makes me want to like, uh,
1: write the, not the Wikipedia article, but like a, a story in the Wikipedia, uh, like forum, mm-hmm. like the, like the, the what do they call it? i can't remember that. oh themselves. i know what you're talking about like yeah just like the the, the talk page for the yeah criminal, where like <laughs> people say like is this really important or like <laughs> like this needs a citation and i just love to be like like this alien like this sapient alien species. it's like oh, we need we need more citation for this mm. or like
0: <laughs> how are we defining sapient here
1: <laughs> yeah
2: what's the relevant of them having their own culture Uh, And then there's like a cop, the, is it sapient like guideline page?
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. Like, did you mean sapience or sentience? Like let's (laughs) think about, yeah. Uh, I don't even know the difference, but, uh, (laughs) but Wikipedia would have an opinion (laughs) about that. (laughs) They have some protocol. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Hmm.
1: Okay. Well, we've talked uh, far afield from uh, this page, which is, uh, all, all well and good. Uh, do, 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 if I can bring us back. Do you all have any final thoughts about this page? I enjoyed it.
0: I can see myself going to this if I ever get enough brain to <laughs> sit through a full novel again.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I think my last thought is just like in any medium, I'm always... I think people push back too much against those initial broad strokes of a character. Mm-hmm. Like... I always think it's okay to open with an old timey prospector who is a hundred percent, an old timey prospector. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, you can either dive in further on that or add things that contradict the initial impression or nuances that add shade to it. But it is, it is just such a lovely way to avoid a character showing up and being nothing mm-hmm. <laughs> and giving no impression. Um, so I, I love that about this. I love the touches of poetry. I, I, don't know if I can get myself to read a sci- 1962 science fiction novel.
1: <laughs> by, by, a, by, a, by a white dude libertarian? Mm. By, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> when will I read
2: enough things by white dude libertarians?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, especially, I feel like science fiction is uh, very popular for them. Mm. But on the other hand, it, it does feature a main character whose, whose last name includes both, both words hollow and way. Mm. So I feel like there's a lot, of, there's a lot to play with yeah. here. Um, that's what I'll say. I
0: feel like uh, 70s science fiction was probably the last time libertarianism was interesting.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, now, now we're going to be in a, a podcast feud with someone. Yeah. I don't know who.
0: <laughs> we'll be getting I don't some one star reviews in the very near future.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, please, please recommend to us good libertarian fiction. Mm. <laughs> okay. Wow, oh, um, and on that note, uh, with that Ayn Rand <laughs> l- reading list, <laughs> in, in yes, I, I did say good for a reason. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, but, uh, on, uh, and on that note, uh, Peter, uh, if the people want to give you a list of libertarian uh, science fiction to read, uh, where can the people find you?
2: Oh, they can find me at uh, Peter Rogers. That's R-O-G-E-R-S, the correct spelling, PeterRogers.info. Um, and I also write up reviews at hujhax.livejournal.com. I will. I'm the last person on Live journal. I will turn out all the lights when I leave. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thanks for joining us on Dark and Stormy Nights. I've been your host, Ben Blackberg. And you can find me on Twitter at InCatastrophe.
0: And I've been your other host, Vin LeBate. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr Reciprocity. You can find the games that I write at MrReciprocity.itch.io. And you can find my other podcast, The Chimera, at TheChimera.Space, on Twitter at ChimeraPod, or on your podcast app of choice. For show updates, follow Dark Knights Reads on Twitter, or visit DarkNightsReads.com. And we'll meet you back here next week.